OTB Sports Rugby. Everyone in the world thinks Ireland should win. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you pick the combined side, who'd get in from Wales? Jeez, I don't, no, no one, I don't think. Subscribe to the rugby stream on the OTB Sports app now. Rugby on Off The Ball. With Vodafone, official sponsors of the Irish rugby team. Team of us, everyone in. Welcome along to this bank holiday Sunday off the ball. Will with you between now and 7pm. We've got two live Premier League games coming up. Nottingham Forest against Leeds from 2pm. Leeds hoping to win at the city ground in the English top flight for the first time since 1971. While Man City have never won at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, the new home of Tottenham. But if they do so, they can cut the gap at the top of the Premier League back to two points after the leaders Arsenal lost against Everton yesterday. Uh, we're also going to be looking back on the Six Nations in a moment and the Sunday pay-per-view, which is already available on our YouTube that is Off The Ball with Gavin Cooney and with Kieran Cunningham we'll have some of the snippets of the best bits a bit later on in the programme I'm delighted to say that Brent Pope is with me to have a look back on the opening day of the Six Nations Championship I mean here's the thing Brent Ireland up and running with a victory the cruise in Cardiff I think as they call it or Ireland off to a, a fleer as some of the newspapers put it with Josh van der Fleer after getting the four try it was a game that was essentially over after 25 minutes because of the quick start that Ireland made and how slow Wales were at the block really yeah, I, I, you know, there's there's something to say about both those. First of all, I think that kind of Warren Gatlin's arrival teed up this as being possibly a more difficult game than I ever saw it to be. You know, people talking about, OK, Ireland hadn't won there, only won once there in the last 10 years. Warren Gatlin factor, you know, even talking up Johnny Sexton this week. Even Johnny Sexton admitted that he was more nervous for this game than he's been for any other game. And it was probably due to all that, all that hype. And then suddenly, 10 minutes into the game, Ireland are two scores up and you, you don't think there's any way back for Wales. And that proved to be the point, that there was no way back for them. I did think Ireland was slightly flattered by the scoreline at the end of the day because I think if Wales had got over there at certain parts of the game, got to try to bring it back to maybe 20-10 to 10 or 27-17 when they were doing well in the second half, could have been a different game. But, I mean, I thought uh, Ireland for the first half were magnificent. You know, I've always seen... I've always looked at rugby all my years of punditry from the half glass full rather than the half glass empty you know I left that to George but uh, I've always believed that uh, you know that that this is a grand slam year for Ireland another thing has changed and everything so I think they'll beat France and I know people will come on saying you know don't get start getting carried away in that but why not you know Ireland are clearly I in my opinion clearly you know one or two in the world at the moment playing at home against France France with a few injuries and my way of looking, my only concern is, is a bit further down the track. We can talk about that a bit a bit later for the World Cup because I think, you know, do you go after a Grand Slam year and then go in as red-hot favourites to win the World Cup and then come unstuck at the quarterfinal when they're probably going to meet either France or, or the All Blacks, depending on how that draw goes. But just on a game-to-game basis, I thought the first half was magnificent. Uh, Ireland was so clinical. Every time they came down to the, to the, the Welsh half, they scored points. Um, you know, they could have gone after more points. I think Johnny Sexton, you know, wanted to keep the scoreboard ticking over when they got two tries. Um, then they kind of went into a bit of a hiatus there in the second half for a quarter. But Wales well, always going to have their purple patch. Mm. But I thought performances, outstanding performances from Caelan Doris, if he's not the best number eight in the world at the moment playing now, I know all Drittle have his fans, but I mean, I think Doris for about the last year. In my opinion, as a number eight myself, he's the best number eight playing at the moment now. So I think Ireland have two of the best loose forwards in the world uh, when they're playing Van der Fleer and, and uh, Doris. Peter Armani's not far behind. 
It's just probably his age that keeps him out of that bracket, and you'd probably include someone like Julian Sarveya in, in that back. But what I'm saying is that Ireland have a host of world stars now playing at the very top of their ability. Um, I thought, actually, despite his criticism over the last couple of years, I thought Conor Murray had a good game when he was on. I think that he kept things flowing. He upped his tempo of the game, and then Casey came on and upped it further. So that was a good... So I think that Andy Farrell will look and say, hey, you know, you know what he talked about, that these players can come in, like Finlay Bean come in for Tyke Furlong. Two years ago, you'd have been worried about that change. You know, I thought Bedlam had a great game. So I, I think those players, you know, and you look at the players on the fringes, Jimmy O'Brien, Osborne, these types of players, Henshaw to come back. It's a pretty good place to be for Andy Farrell. Yeah, digging into some of the stories. We might start with Conor Murray because you say there were so many doubts yeah. over the last couple of years because of the way they're on their playing. Yeah. It's all about getting that rook speed and being in around three seconds on front football yeah. and making sure <laughs> that the ball gets moved quickly. And Conor Murray has not been in good form for Munster this yeah. season and Craig Casey has started ahead of him at times. But maybe we've forgotten the fact that Conor Murray now has 101 caps for his country. That Conor Murray was the starter for the Lions in the last series. Yes. And I thought in the first quarter of the game, particularly yesterday, he played really well. Yeah, I did. And I, you, you still read over the, the internet, these people that come on and say, oh, he was kicking too much. But he, he, he's instructed to do that. I mean, what people don't realise, he just doesn't take it on his own bat. Well, not all the time. But, you know, there's a game plan. You best and believe if he was doing that by himself, Johnny Sexton would be in his ear straight Absolutely. Away. Absolutely. So he's told to kick when, when he does. And, and, he, and he's a good kicker. We know that about his game. I just was pleased for Connor because I think he has been a fantastic servant to Irish rugby. And at one stage, he was probably the, the, the premier uh, number nine in the world at one stage in, in his career. I mean, you get you don't get 100 caps by being, by being a poor player. He's been a great player for Ireland. And then he came back to some form. You know, I think that it's it's difficult for him too because he's probably playing two different types of patterns, the way that Leinster would play in the provincial championship and the way that Munster would play. So, you know, bringing all that together. But I think it was a pleasing aspect for Andy Farrell in this year in particular because we had worries. My worries going into the World Cup and even into the Grand Slam was around... Did we know who, who our, uh, our second out-half was now that Carberry was you know, deemed to be out of the squad situation, he could come back in. Um, and then who was our who was our backup scrum half? And then who was our backup cover for props for like uh, for Furlong especially? And I think we I think that Finley be them uh, uh, has improved out of sight in the last couple of years. So he fills that role, uh, and he'll obviously go to the World Cup barring injury. And I think then Conor Murray proved enough yesterday to say that. That debate is still out. There's a number of scrum halves that could come into that. Luke, Luke McGrath and and these types of players, um, but I think that you know just on based on yesterday's first half performance, I'd, I'd agree with it. I think Conor Murray, you know, ran things well. Yeah, because that temptation would have been there. I think for the Irish coaching team, you know, look, Powers yeah. and Casey have played a lot of rugby for yeah, and they're year. younger. Yeah, and Murray's been on the bench, and they could easily have gone. Look, let's put Casey in. He's more of a like for like replacement for Jameson Gibson. Yeah, Park. absolutely. But at absolutely. the same time, they probably leaned on it and went, "Hey, Bruce closed. This is a Cardiff. Welsh team. Eight guys over yep, thirty. Carr's yep, a difficult place to go. Let's put Murray in there and use his experience." And I like that about Andy Farrell. I'd have to say I'm a huge admirer of Andy Farrell. I I I had my doubts, like everybody else. I had my doubts whether people could pick up the crumbs of a Joe Schmidt era that had been so successful, especially when he was so associated with the defence of that team too. And he was, and and Joe was a dominant. Type of a character, but what Andy Farrell has brought, I saw it out in New Zealand. I saw this. I saw this. I, I always look at coaching. You know, when people ask me about good coaches, 
I, I can always see I can always see the great parts of some coaches and the not so good parts. Every coach has their vulnerabilities. Every coach has their their their, their failings, in a sense. And I I liken it to a big pizza slice. Who has the most slices to make up the full pizza? And Andy Farrell has a lot of those slices. He's a good guy. The players like him. He's very very positive, which is I like about him. He's very very positive in his speak. You know, even saying yes to look, we had a magnificent build up to this game. He wasn't offering any excuses. Other coaches might have said, oh well, Gibson Park pulled out the morning of the match, and you know we're a bit disjointed, and we've only had ten days together. And some players haven't had a lot of game time, like James Lowe and other players. But no, he 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 just approached and said, look, our build up in Portugal has been fantastic. Every bit is on board to the way we play it. We've now got a situation in the Irish rugby where it's seamless for players to come in. They follow the pattern. They know the pattern, and they and they and there's no there's no dipping in form. So I think he's done a magnificent job. And you know I don't throw that word around uh, lightly, but he has. You know to get to get I suppose to keep things going, not in there to build on what Joe Smith had done because this team is you know is not just two or three years in the making. This team is six or seven or eight years in the making. You know. I, I appreciate that the coaching of the players will always say Wales is the only game that mattered who cares it's World yeah. Cup year we need to win this yeah, no, absolutely. First. and that's true but at the same time when you think about the World Cup further implications yeah. so there were so many Lions players that weren't available yesterday yeah. and then you lose Jameson Gibson Park you lose Keane Healy on the morning it would seem to those hamstring issues already you know Robbie Henshaw and Tyg Furlong have been ruled out of the game you mentioned Finlay Bealham and the way he's come in. Mm. I think, again, that was a reward for a player who's been in good form. In good form. Scored a hat-trick for Connacht yep. against Newcastle a couple Absolutely. weeks ago. I thought he played very well in November. Yeah. And yesterday, he got through all the solid work. Yeah. No problem with the set-piece whatsoever. No. And he made, I think it was 13 successful tackles yeah. during the game. He got through a lot of work. Yeah, but he was selected on form. Mm. And, you know, I'm not saying that, that, that Andy Farrell picked totally on form because otherwise Jimmy O'Brien would have been in probably before James Lowe. But I think that... Um, Andy Farrell has that good mix I talk about the pizza slices I think he has a good mix of being loyal to players like Conor Murray and, and James Lowe and whatever to say look you've done it for me before and so he's taken a bit of uh, something out of Warren Gatlin's coaching playbook by saying look you know Conor I know what you can do I know what you can do in the red heat of Cardiff because you're right it's not a it's not a it's a very difficult place to play when the when the roof is closed and you have all the atmosphere and that around the screaming Welsh fans or something like that so that's why he played Murray and and I agree with that for his experience but he would be looking at that then and saying okay in those crucial matches maybe in the World Cup maybe in the World Cup that we you know that we get an injury or something and you're suddenly playing France or the All Blacks this is this is built for Conor Murray's experience. You know, you can always bring Casey on at a later stage. He might elect to start Casey. Who knows? But it just gives him safer options. Like, I think that I think that Ireland are at a situation that no other team in the world are at at the moment, meaning that I think that it's who to leave out for a World Cup rather than who to bring in. Who are your wild cards? Every other, every other union I've spoken to are people from countries around the world. They're all saying, look, this player could make it, this player might make it. You look at Australia, South Africa even. None of these teams have their, have their, their, their I suppose, their team on paper already for the World Cup. I think Ireland does, really. Is Osborne the only real kind of... Yeah, world? I think. I'd agree. I, I, you know, I was just talking to, 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 to Luke Fitzgerald the other day in a, a, an interview I was doing, and I was just talking to him. I said, who are your wild cards? And, you know, he struggled to come up with anybody that would break into the squad. And I said, would it be Osborne? I don't think he felt it probably was because you've got good cover in that. Mm. I think that he would come into the mix if there was a, a prolonged injury for the likes of Robbie Henshaw, couldn't get back. 
but I think we're blessed in that area. I think that he would go with Bundyaki's experience, and we saw what Bundyaki can bring to the game yesterday, that physicality which is needed in the World Cup. So I think, you know, based on form, Osborne is exciting. So I don't think really there's, you know, it would just be who's your who's going to be your third out half or your backup out half? Will Joey Carby move back into that with a bit of good form for Munster? Or will he go with, you know, the the, the, the players that he's... Well, Ross Byrne's the man in possession of the second shot. Yeah, and playing well. Yeah. I'd have to say I'm delighted Ross Byrne got his opportunities because he has been the inform apart from Johnny Sexton. Well, even over Johnny Sexton because Johnny Sexton hasn't played a lot of games. But so, yeah, Ross Byrne deserved his opportunity to show what he could do. Um, and then I suppose it's a case of, 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 of looking at your, at your third option because you'll have to take three out-halves effectively to a World Cup. We look at the performance. Uh, Bigger throws a straight pass that's brought back by James Lowe. Ireland get themselves into a remarkable position 20-odd minutes into the game. Because I think after Sexton kicks the penalty, it's 27-3 at that point. Yeah. And you're wondering if Ireland are really going to kick on and put a big scoreline in. Uh, they had to wait until eight minutes from time for Josh van der yeah. to get the four try to secure the bonus point. And they had to weather quite a storm from Wales either side of half yeah. time as well. Um, will the coaching team be disappointed that they didn't kick on in the second half? Or what was your reading of how Ireland played? Uh, I, think, I think in a sense, you know, Sort of a in a in a backhanded way, I think that Andy Farrell and the coaching staff, and when I talk, you know, Paul O'Connell has done a great job as well. But you know, and all the staff, I think they'll actually be quite pleased because you need to have work ons. You know, it's like golf; you're never going to play the perfect game. So coaches will go back and say, okay, you know, let's let's analyse the first half and say these are the things we did really well. We scrambled back defensively brilliantly at times. Uh, you know, Hugo Keenan got back to save what looked to be a certain try from, from Dyer. You know, the set piece was good. They were clinical. They took all their opportunities. That's all the good things. So then you look at the second half and say, what went wrong? Discipline. I think Ireland give away five or six penalties on the trot. Order particularly. Yep, yeah. in particular. Some ill-discipline there. Um, some missed tackles. Uh, some, a couple of bad kicks that didn't, you know, they weren't the right option. So they'll look at that and say, okay, but... Even given all that, even given all that attack and all that ball that Wales had, you know, and in fact, I thought Wales were quite impressive in the back line uh, yesterday at times, and I thought they looked at unlocking Ireland at times, but they didn't, you know. So that was the take on. Then Ireland finished strong when the bench came off, made a difference. So if you look in that game in the context, first half brilliant. A quarter, a quarter of the match, or maybe a bit longer, where they really took the foot off the gas, and then but they finished strongly. So if you're a race, if you're a racehorse, you did well. You started well. You finished well, and that's you all finished really well, matter. and that's all you can want. You know they've got they've got work ons. Of course they have, and it'll be a different game against France because they come up against a bigger, more physical pack. You've got to look at that Welsh pack. I mean, I just thought I said to someone yesterday watching the game, they don't even look athletic. You know, yeah. like you know. Like when you're basing a pack around guys that are in their mid thirties, you know you're really struggling. Now I understand why Warren Gatland did it because he thought that he could get a gain back from these guys and get the whole Welsh public behind him and 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 say, look, we've beaten Ireland and this is what the guys can do. And that failed. I mean, at one stage he must have been looking at one stage at a fifty point drubbing at home. At one stage, and you could see it in his face when Ireland were fourteen up, they nearly went twenty one up. You know they could have they could have had another couple of try scoring opportunities they left behind in that first half but um, 
So I think you know there's something there's something for him to take out of it too. I don't think he was too overly negative afterwards about Wales Wales rugby, but they've got a bigger mountain to climb than, than Ireland. Yeah, I think Tom Shanklin was very honest with this midweek where he said yeah. his big worry was that in many ways this is a tired group of Welsh. Yeah, tired. Loads of experience, right. lots of guys around 100 yeah. caps. Yeah. But no. it's not ten years ago no. anymore. Where's the young? Where's the young, exciting players coming through? Where's the, you know? It, well. Yeah, I mean, even the size of the of the Welsh forwards. Where's that? Where's that? Caelan Doris or Van der Flair in their squad? I mean, they're relying on a Tipperick, who's world class on his day. But you know, thirty three or thirty four, the engine starts to run a bit cold, and and that's only just a natural progression for any player. You know, Brian O'Driscoll talks about you know. You know, two or three days to get over injuries that you got over in a couple of hours. You know, rolling out of bed takes you about ten rolls to get out of bed. You know, but look, yes, it's an age. So, in a way, you wonder. You know, you wonder whether Wayne Pivak is not sitting there saying, "Hold on a minute," you know, you let me go on the basis of performances that were better than that. You know, in a sense, in South Africa, particularly where they where they were close to winning a series and they won a match. Um, you know, so he could be, feel a bit aggrieved because I don't think Warren Gatlin proved to be the, you know... <laughs> was the Gatlin factor something we worried about during the week purely because of past experience against his teams? Yeah, but, but this I, was always a I never saw it as a worry. I, you know, it's easy to say in retrospect because mm. Ireland have won the game. But I didn't see that. What I saw it like you and, and, and Shankland, I saw this as being a cobbled together Welsh side with players that Warren Gatlin knew and had performed them before. But but Alan Wynne jones had performed from, what, six or seven years ago. You know, it's a long time in a rugby's career. Now, he's still doing a phenomenal job at, at his age and, you know, the number of caps he has, he deserves ultimate respect. And there's obviously no one better in Welsh rugby. See, the problem with Welsh rugby is not in its first team. The problem with Welsh rugby is the, uh, is the players coming through and it's a bit like the English game. It's they just don't have the talent there they had in the seventies, you know, when those Hashion days of, of 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 Welsh rugby. They just don't have that. They don't have that money base. They don't have that player base. You know, they've so they've suffered more than probably any rugby playing nation in the world through kind of professionalism. Really, yeah. that's you know. You already spoke about your admiration for Caelan Doris, but yesterday, all action. So 15 carries across the game, yep. which is the highest on the Irish team. He made 19 tackles, which is the highest on the Irish team. So both sides of the ball, he was a busy boy and played very, very well. Oh, what Took a his try well. He's yeah. so dynamic and exciting. Yeah, and people people don't see that sometimes about Caelan Doris because he just does he does all the all the the good things really well. You know, you, you don't you don't get many players that do all the jobs. You know you'll have players that are uh, you know attack orientated. You know there's a lot of them around that, like that, like Dupont and these guys and um, and no sorry the guy the English number eight. Um, you know Benny Volapola was a good player going forward. wasn't such a good defensive player. He has the he has them all. He has all those ingredients. And I know and I know speaking to a number of loose forwards at, at all back level, loose forward greats in New Zealand, they really rate. They really rate Doris. He's an intelligent player too. You know, good in the line out, good defensively, always gets over the gain line. You know, seems, seems I don't know him personally, but seems a great team guy, very humble guy. You know, he's not getting up scoring these tries and, you know, running into the crowd and taking the shirt too. off. He can play six. Versatile. Play, I, think eight's, I think eight's his best position, I'd have to say. Having played those three positions myself at a high level, you know, seven, eight and, and six, I think that he's tailor made for the for the modern game as an eight because he gives you that extra line out option. Um, he's a good. He's not a power runner in the sense of 
you know, the Vunapolas or these types of guys, even Aldrich's probably more of a power runner. He gets over the gain line by shifting his feet and body position and that. You, every time Caelan Doris takes the ball into contact, apart from a couple of mistakes yesterday, ball in hand, he gets over the gain line. That's all you want from your number eight, to get on the front foot. Understandably, Farrell and Sexton were pouring a bit of cold water on the idea of next week being a championship decider on Saturday at the Stadium. But it is a grand slam decider and it is probably going to determine the championship. Because not take anything away from Scotland, we'll talk about that, I know we're running out of time, but I mean Scotland Scotland will be will be tricky and that game that game in, in, in Edinburgh does have banana skin over it, and not to coin an old cliche, but it does. So but I think that Ireland would have looked at that game yesterday and said, Hold on, let's worry about England when in the last game. Let's worry about Scotland before that, let's worry about France before that. I think the only team they can probably and it's 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 possibly a little bit disrespectful. Let's see how Italy get on today. Mm. But I think that that would be the opportunity that, that Andy Farrell might look at at giving another couple of players a run in that match because we are ticking, and I, I don't like to talk about the World Cup, but we should because... Well, every game takes away another competitive fixture. Absolutely, to absolutely. And, and funny enough, talking to Michael Johnson, the great, uh, the pendulum summit that I was at, and I, I, I got to talk to him. And I mean, I, I so much admire that guy who was one of the greatest athletes. And the biggest disappointment of his career was going to, to, to Barcelona in his very first Olympics. And he got sick about two weeks before and he didn't win the gold or he didn't, he didn't medal. And that was his biggest disappointment. And the fact, what what he tried to say is that you can do everything in the sport, world world uh, um, records, uh, American championship, but everybody wants that Olympic gold medal. Everybody wants that Olympic gold medal. And that is what Johnny Sexton and these players want more than anything. They want to be able to hang a, 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 a world's best team around their Forget about rankings, forget about games against the All Blacks or series wins. All those monkeys are off the back. The remaining gorilla on the back of Irish rugby is never getting past, what, a quarterfinal situation or a semifinal situation in the World Cup. It won't be good enough, I suggest, for Ireland to Lose to South Africa and New Zealand, even no, as a decent No, it won't be good enough. Yeah. The only thing that they'll want... The only thing they'll want and desire is to get to a final at least. To get to a final, then anything can happen, as you know. You know, Then it's form books are thrown out the window because it's a one-off game situation, winner takes all. But anything other than that, I would see as being a kind of a, a, a failure for, for Irish rugby. You know, and, and that's the way they'll be looking at it. So I agree taking each game at a time, but I also agree that we've got to start looking at some of those players that are on the fringe fringe, and in key positions to get a bit more game time so that Andy Farrell and this coaching team ticket can assess who is your backup first starting scrum half, who is your backup prop cover. I think we're okay for loose forwards, we're okay for the, a number of options at second row and, and hooker, we're okay there. I want to know who the, who the backup out half is going to be and we're okay in the centres and there might be a little bit of jiggery-pokey around the outsides or whatever with a... Jimmy O'Brien comes into the equation whether Keith Earls comes into the equation but that's all that he has to do from now for the next what six months or whatever Rugby coverage here of course so thanks to Vodafone main sponsors of the Irish rugby team all in the team of us the other game was a cracker at cracker. Twickenham uh, three years in a row in Scotland have avoided defeat yeah. against England 29-23 they spend a minute and 44 seconds in the opposition 22. Well, but that's all you need, Brent. 30% possession. 
if you've got Duan van der Merwe who can run in individual oh. tries like that and they can take the chances in the way they did, it doesn't matter if you don't have the ball. The most emotionless player. <laughs> van der Merwe. It was one of the best tries he, I've ever I, seen. One of the best tries ever scored. And I was great to see him interviewed afterwards where he kind of smiled because I watched him on all that Lions tour in the South Africa where he was also magnificent. But... He just has no emotion when he scores his try. That was as good as try that you're going to see this championship. Well, it'll go down. It'll go down probably as as in the top ten Scottish tries of all time. Maybe maybe higher than that. But you know he's such a powerful player. But I really like where Scotland are at. You know, I, I their backline on paper. You know, you look into the World Cup. That's the game that everybody that everybody's not talking about. But but worries me because people have to remember that. We're in a pool with South Africa and Scotland. And Scotland, I think, is the last game of that pool. So if Ireland were to come unstuck, which they could against South Africa in the pool stage, and not saying they'd be, they'd, they'd be out of it, because a lot of teams lose their first matches, albeit South Africa in the last World Cup, lost to New Zealand. But that game would become extremely tricky, you know, and at full strength. At full strength, the problem with Scottish rugby is they lose a few players along the way, and suddenly those players that are, that are that are the the players that they bring in just aren't at that level. But at full strength, the likes of Hugh Jones in the midfield, Finn Russell can win or lose a game. He, he, he's a brilliant player. He's on song as showed yesterday. You've got two great wingers in in Vandermeer and Darcy Graham when he comes back. Hogg, as you know, can have those good games. So they have a pretty and they've, they've discovered White, who's form for a London Irish has been fantastic so they've got a good back line you know with the likes of Richie Gray and that coming back in six foot nine they've got a you know Johnny Gray's brother they've got big lumps in the second row you know they're probably they're probably behind a lot of other countries in their back row but Hamish Watson comes back in so they could they could trot out a pretty good side in Edinburgh so the that thing game is, will do be they difficult. put in do they back it up next week against Wales that's the question that's the problem you could see them losing that game mm. you know I don't think Wales are, are good are good enough to beat Scotland, I, you know, but they could because they could they could strangle the ball from Scotland. You know, Scotland are a team that plays that England allowed them to score those tries, but from their from their from their their poor kicking, you know, they gave they gave her a sucker and an even break in the sense that you know about Scotland that Scotland are going to find it hard to create tries from from inside their own twenty two. They create a lot of their play from from the halfway in from bad kicking or whatever. When Finn Russell can get his snappy passing. And Van der Merwe and these guys can bring the ball. And some of that snappy passing comes down to the English midfield. And Stuart Barnes written about it today. He said, look, at times it worked quite well where Farrell and Smith were on the same pitch. But he thinks they have to know Bortwick's next big decision is to pick one or the other and stick with them. Yeah, Because, you know, you get to a position here with England where at various times, I actually thought there was a lot to like about the England performance. Better better ball speed, they're moving the ball well. Maybe they're a bit reliant on Alice Gange to run the ball and maybe they need to find a bit more balance in their back row. That's one thing. But do they have to now go, it's Smith or Farrell, and we stick with you, and you are our starting out half? Yeah, I, I, I agree with that too, and I agree with Barnes on that. I think that you've got to make a decision. See, the problem is, the problem is, Borthwick has inherited a side that they don't know what style they want to play. So if you're going to play a quick-moving game, you know, with the likes of Finn Russell, you, 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 you select Smith. But I think that's further down the line. I think Borthwick's role is a bit like Gatlin's role, is, look, let's get them performing well on the Six Nations, uh, you know, a, a second or third place finish, then let's look to the World Cup. That's in isolation because that's the year that's in it for new coaches. 
But I think longer term, he's got to decide how England want to play the game. Because I think you're right. I think we did see green shoots in the way that, that, that England played when they got into some sort of game plan. I was impressed by Chesham. I think that he, he, he had a, a good game at second row. So they've got a new find there. I wasn't the over. I think you're right about the back row. I think that um, uh, Tom Curry probably needs to come back into that. And I don't think I'd like Don Brunt to have another go because I liked his lines of running, and I think that he's a he's a, a Doris type player. Uh, but it always baffles me that can't they can't they get bigger, more aggressive forwards playing in the English game? You know they're relying on the same old ball carriers. You know Mario Toje, uh, uh, Gens. You know. Sinclair, these guys, you know, they're still having to do the the role, and I don't think I thought he would new players. I'm not convinced about the scrum half either, but I would definitely play. I would definitely go back and play Farrell at out half, and I would I would persist with someone like Tuolangi in the midfield or Slade in the midfield. I, I, I think it could have been different if Tuolangi wasn't released back to his club, and he's going a Finn Russell list. Absolutely, and I think I think Tuolangi still has a lot to play, even though the English pundits don't see it that way. Uh, yes, I know he's out of form, but I still think he brings that physicality that England need to get over the gain line. And when you're playing with him and Farrell, both players that are capable of getting over that gain line, then you include a player like Slade or whatever, that's the kind of Gary Ringrose equivalent or thereabouts. Because your best mix in the midfield, as Ireland have got now, is your kind of, I suppose, your power player like McCluskey or Henshaw, these guys, to get over the gain line. Then you've got your Ringrose, the greyhound type of player, a bit like the way Nonu and, and Smith used to work for the All Blacks so well. So I think that England, yes, some roots there, but I think that they'll struggle. Uh, you know, they may, they'll be a much better side when they when they come to, to, to Ireland for the last match. But I think that Ireland have a grand slam at the foot of their door. I mean, you'd have to think that they can beat France and England at home. You'd have to. And then, you know, worry about the other games after that. But I, I'm, I'm predicted, I've predicted all year that this is a Grand Slam year for Ireland. And I've also predicted that, you know, that they'll, they'll get further than people think in, in, in the World Cup. I, you know, I really, I, really, I really think that and I believe that. OK, well, we've plenty of build-up, of course, during the week uh, here and off the ball ahead of England again, or ahead of Ireland against uh, France, England against Italy next week as they'll try and maybe iron out some of those issues for Steve Borthwick's side. Uh, rugby here and off the ball is with thanks to Vodafone, main sponsors of the Irish team. Check out the hashtag Team of Us. OTB Sports Rugby. Everyone in the world thinks Ireland should win. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you pick the combined side, who'd get in from Wales? Jeez, I don't, not, no one, I don't think. Subscribe to the rugby stream on the OTB Sports app now.